All right, Em, we made it. Another year is in the books. It's 2023. That's right. It's 2023. We did it. We all survived, everybody. Y2K, right? That's what we're worried about. No. Y2K23. Was this the year that the lizard was supposed to come? He did. The big one? Yeah, he did. He bought Twitter. But we're still around. We're still here. We're still here. We're still kicking. We're somehow still has the Twitter. Like there's been like what? Like several Titanic-esque like last night parties on Twitter. And it still refuses to stop working. So uh, uh, yeah. So the the lizard hasn't destroyed everything just yet. Um, Okay. So we got the lizard. We survived uh, Y2K23. Yeah. No, I think we're in good shape. 2023 is shaping up to be a great year. Uh, Yeah. Are we Year still of plagues? Um, yeah. Are we still doing this like podcast thing? I mean, I don't know. Like, do you wanna? Like, like you... I don't know. It's 2023. Uh, it feels a little passe. Uh, it feels like by now we should have moved on to just making TikToks. Like, I don't know I if mean, people still want to consume content in larger than 60 second chunks. I mean, I don't want to brag or nothing, but like. Currently, I have a TikTok that is uh, been viewed by like 300,000 some people um, where I am uh, mock assaulting a young person in my public library. So just saying, I'm kind of a big deal on TikTok. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Is just, yeah. That one yeah. TikTok has roughly 90,000 90, <laughs> views as many times as an episode of Grit and Glitter. So maybe we are yeah. going about this wrong. Or... Maybe we need to do more podcasting. Maybe what we really need to do, Harley, is like up the ante. And instead of having like one podcast every week, we have one podcast every day. Hmm. Like soap opera style. Yes. Continuation stories. We break it up into slightly shorter episodes. I know that length is a problem for some of you listening. So that will no longer be the case. We will do 45 minute long episodes every day. Monday through Friday, and uh, yeah, even on holidays, uh, all holidays, religious observances, government holidays, federal holidays, we will be there for you to tell you more about wrestling than you ever wanted to know in your entire life. Okay, if we're going to do this, can we at least like add a couple new people to the team? Just for just to freshen things up, you know, like a, a new coat of paint on an old boat. Just something to, uh, I don't know, maybe get some new discussions going, new points of view. That's a great idea. But like, who? Who's out there? There's like nobody. We've talked to them all. They've all refused us and they don't return our calls. And, uh, you know, they don't, uh, they, they don't send back the very expensive gifts that we sent them. Um, so I don't, I, frankly, I'm, I'm just not really sure who to ask anymore. Okay, I do have someone. She's actually, she's been sitting in the green room for like 45 minutes, probably demolished the bowl of M&M's by now. But You're not um, really supposed to, Harley, we've had this conversation. You're not really supposed to let people sit there. There's asbestos like all over that room. Okay. Tell you what, hit the theme song. I'll go better. And then we'll, we'll figure this out.
This is Gwen Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Arpaccia. My name is Em here. Hey, you, new girl. What's your name? Oh, sorry. I unmuted my mic and like an ad pops up. My name is Lindsay. Um, I post on Twitter a lot and I draw pictures of people wrestling. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I love a, a professional artist being like, I draw pictures. <laughs> Former guest, now new full-time Glitterati member, Glitterati member number 013 per uh, our database. You might know Lindsay from Drawing Pictures of Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. You might know her from uh, talking about women wrestling a lot. You might know her from her well-documented hatred of NFTs and AI art. Any of these things could define her. I'm so glad you're here. It's great. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. (laughs) That was like the best intro I've ever had for anything. What else? Is there anything else our regular listeners should know about you now that you're here as part of the club for the first time? Oh, that's a really good encapsulation, I think. Thank you very much. That that really <laughs> sums it up. Well, so Harley and Lindsay, to welcome in the new year and the new girl, what are we doing this week? I feel like we have a tradition uh, for the first episode of the new year. Yeah, good and good tradition. And honestly, going back to talking honor days and our previous podcast, tradition is first episode of the year. I make some news resolutions related to wrestling, and I try to force M to, even though she hates it and doesn't want to. I I look at resolutions as a as like a, an aspirational thing for many and for others. It's a weird thing that we make ourselves do in our lives, whether it's personal or professional or whatever, and they end up being self-fulfilling prophecies of doom or just these weird, like, you know, weighted crosses to bear that have, like, no real meaning other than what we've reviewed upon them, which is far too much. That being said, it's kind of fun to have a wrestling resolution knowing that my track record is really abysmal in following through with pretty much anything that I ever resolve to do, whether it's small or big or whatever. So like at this point, it's just become a game of how much I can disappoint my own expectations. So I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for it. I don't love resolutions, but I, this particular twisted like masochistic game is like a okay. Lindsay, how are you? Do you make news resolutions? Have you made some in the past and kept them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I spaced out a bit. Do you want me to start with any of my resolutions? I'm just asking, have you have you ever made any in the past that you've like really stuck with? One oh um I've made a lot yeah. that I haven't kept, but the one that I guess my proudest one is 12 years ago. I said, you know what, I'm gonna go vegetarian. And it's been 12 years oh, and I'm nice. stuck. Yeah, yeah. Um I uh, at one point, like before the pandemic, I really did the like go back to the gym and I was going for like six months or whatever. And it was like really becoming a part of my routine. I liked that. Uh, and then the pandemic came and changed that. And now I have a kettlebell that I lift up sometimes occasionally, you know, if I'm watching like some YouTube videos or something. Um, 
but I I kind of um, like the idea of just, you know, putting it out there, like, whenever you feel like it, like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, if you, you congratulate yourself either way, like, I was looking at my, uh, any resolutions I made last year on my Twitter, actually, just searching 2022. And um, I was like, I'm going to use black pigment in my art and I'm going to use pastels. And I did neither. But, you know, I'm glad that I was making stuff regardless. Yeah, I think that it's like, I think in the best case scenario, a resolution is something that can be a jumping off point, right? It can it can yeah. inspire you to try something. And if you don't do exactly what you resolve to do, as long as you do something within that like spectrum and within that scope, it, the resolution did its job. I just mm. always fall short, like way, like way short. And at this point, with the, especially with our resolution for this show, it's just like, it's become funny how little I actually ever actually achieve when it comes to those resolutions. Mm-hmm. Do you remember either of your resolutions from last year? No. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't remember mine either. But luckily, I keep detailed notes. So, oh my goodness. Okay. So let's delve into last year. Last year, I made three, as is my tradition. You made two, reluctantly. My first resolution was that I would meet some of the Glitterati members in real life. And you did, you did, you did. We did it. We did it, baby. Two weeks ago. Was it only two weeks ago? Oh, God. Maybe three weeks ago now. But yeah, just in just the last minute under the wire. Met you, met Jem, met uh, someone who might be a future Glitterati member, depending on how next week's show goes. Mm-hmm. It happened. Wow. Yeah, I, and if you had asked me in October, I'd been like, "Yeah, there's no way this is happening." I have met some of our correspondence teams, or at least former correspondence teams, in the past in 2021 and even in prior years. So, um, but meeting you was absolutely on my like my to do list on my bucket list. So, like, I don't think it was a resolution, but it absolutely was on my like my dream scope list. So, yes, mission accomplished. All right, one point for me. Your first resolution was that you were going to take more wrestling road trips. <laughs> you know what sucks? Did you go to any shows outside of Pittsburgh this year? So I made that resolution believing that I was going to drive to Richfield Park, New Jersey for Wrestlers Lab, a show that I even bought tickets for, a show that me and a possible future correspondent for this show were going to travel together to go do. Uh, that did not happen because there was a projected snowstorm that actually didn't end up happening until late in Sunday when I would have been well home. Um, so I did not get to go, uh, which stunk. Um, so that first road trip was squashed. I've had two failed attempts to go to AIW in Cleveland, uh, failed meaning that they just didn't come through. It didn't happen. I did not make it to Pride and Vibe weekend in New Jersey in June because June is a crazy time for my work schedule. Um, so the short answer is no. Um, hey, wait, hold on. I did go to MV's barbecue in New Kensington, which is not in Pittsburgh. It's like 25 it's minutes It's like slightly not in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's not in Pittsburgh. It's not in the city of Pittsburgh. It's like 25 minutes down the road. It's like, like 30 minutes. Okay. I don't you know if can that listen to qualifies like, as a road trip, but okay. 
you could listen to like a disc of an audiobook there and back. Just saying. That counts as a road trip. So I got one. Uh, give me like a quarter point. Lindsay, what's the farthest you've traveled for a wrestling show? Oh my gosh, not very. Um, I am in upstate New York and I went to um, Massachusetts to visit um, friends of mine that I met in college uh, for a smackdown. <laughs> and that was probably the farthest. Um, and again, that was like um, before the pandemic. Um, I haven't gone anywhere like since then for wrestling. I'm even sort of like still kind of skittish to do it like here, like when the WWE comes through. But um, I would love to eventually go out to California for a wow taping or to um, uh, the New Jersey Williamstown um, place where H2O is. They do um, combat uh, fights unlimited there too. <laughs> I would love to see that. Or like a death match at uh, Atlantic City and GCW. That would be cool. All right. My second resolution from last year was that I was going to start following Tokyo Joshi Pro full time. So this is a big X for me. <laughs> I watched their first show from last year and then that was it. It's tough. Like I really, I genuinely think I would be a big fan of their stuff, their roster, everything I've seen from them, I love. Honestly, the biggest hurdle for me, two big hurdles, I guess. One is it's another streaming service. You know, I'm already paying for Spotify. I'm already paying for Disney Plus. My wife is paying for Netflix and Amazon Prime. It's just one more thing on top of that, which even if it's only six, seven bucks a month, it adds up over time. And the roadblock for me with TJP is that they don't have dubs on the promos. That was a big reason why I got into stardom when I did, is every promo, every in-ring interview had subtitles. And so, yeah, not dubs, sorry, subs. Uh, every stardom promo has subtitles. And I love that. I love getting to hear, you know, quote unquote, hear, read the wrestlers in their own words, in their own cadence at the same time. Tokyo Joshi has English commentary on some of the big events, but they don't have subtitles on any of the promos. And that's a difference maker for me. I, like, I want to hear the wrestlers themselves talking. I don't want to hear a couple of dudes at the commentary table kind of summing up storylines. It, it, puts it puts a barrier between me and I don't connect with the wrestlers or the storytelling as much without that. I completely agree. That's what my big trouble with getting into a lot of Japanese promotions is like, there's a couple FMWs that have subtitles, which is great, but I want it elsewhere too. Like I want to know what people are saying. <laughs> yeah. And so much of the power of these storylines comes, you know, with comes with the promo in mind too, right? Like the promo counts. So you are, you are losing something in those stories when you don't get to like even understand the promo even with subtitles um and it's something that can like can be can be a barrier i i got into tjpw um in 2021 and really enjoyed it but i did fall off this year and part of it was like just kind of struggling to like to, to keep up with every bit of wrestling that i wanted to keep up with but like also because you know the 
the harder it is to to follow along with something, the the less likely you are to do it. That's just simple psychology. So for me, the work just I didn't have the bandwidth for the work this year. Yeah, the wrestling I love the most is always when I'm emotionally invested in the characters and I generally like I'm rooting for them and want them to succeed. And that's why stardom was so powerful for me in 2019 was they had these subtitles and stuff. So I can hear Jungle Kiona like crying about her latest loss and promising to her fans that she won't let them down next time. And I could hear Natsu Sumire like cracking just the funniest jokes in the world. And I don't get that from many promotions nowadays still, which that's, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's future resolutions. Last year's resolutions. And your second and final resolution from last year was that you wanted to do more themed Grin Glitter episodes and features along the lines of the OnlyFans episodes that we did and the episode on body dysmorphia. When was the body dysmorphia one? That was in 2022, right? It must have been because you mentioned that in your resolution that you want to do more episodes like that. Okay. So like I did. And we did a deathmatch themed episode, which wasn't like an interview based one, but like we did do a couple episodes that like specifically brought in people to talk about like uh, a niche interest within the wrestling world. I kind of count that as well. But as far as the interview one, we did do the body dysmorphia one. We kind of fell off, but that is still on my radar. For 2023 i really i love these interview series i think um wrestlers and wrestling professionals can get very burned out kind of covering the basics in interviews over and over again you know how you know where did you start where did you train who you're inspired by blah 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 blah. like we like to know these things as fans but it can get kind of exhausting for wrestlers to like go over that stuff over and over and over again um so this gives these kind of like topic-based approaches give them ways to interact with their fan base and have people listen to their thoughts on topics that they don't always get to cover in their interviews, which I, I, I like being able to give them the opportunity and I love when they take me up on it. So if you're listening and you have an idea, you know where to send it, hit me up, let me know what you, what you want to know. And we will, uh, we will strive to do more of those in 2023. We did do one in 2022. So I will count that as a half point. Yeah, and Jackie did the first of what she's hoping to be an ongoing series talking about the intersection of wrestling and menstruation. So she did her little thing there. And we launched we launched our Living Legend series this year where we took a, a, a kind of a different format and we're doing like long form career biographies on different wrestlers. And it's not it's not an interview, but it is a themed episode of a different sort and i'm very proud of the ones that we've done in that series so far yeah i i think actually this kind of goes back to lindsay's point of like making a resolution that you don't like completely stick to but you also you learn a lot and you you um you gain new approaches to something within that resolution so you're within the like scope of that resolution even though you didn't follow it to the letter I think that's a, this is a good example of that. We played a lot with our episode formats this year, and I think it, the show benefits when we do that. So, you know, I hope people listening to this like them. Um, we definitely did decent numbers for our interview-based episodes. We've done decent numbers for our Living Legends ones. People always share those. So clearly, when we tinker with the format or when we, you know, um, experiment, we we can often find, like, you know, 
good things that we want to keep, keep coming back to in the year. So yeah, I'll count that as a win. I think, I think it's to the heart of the resolution. I think we did well. My final resolution from last year was that I wanted to cover more independent events in written form for the processing torch because I am still technically like a contributor to the torch. I don't do weekly ROH reports anymore or stardom, but I try to do something to, to earn my VIP pass to the website. I didn't cover a ton of indie, indie events. I don't think I covered any really, but I have done written coverage on every single episode of Women's Wrestling Army. So I'll count that as a win. Yeah. And and doing it on a on a show that could always use that profile. That's the thing. It's the episode's only half hour, 40 minutes long, but they're free to stream through pro uh pro wrestling TV. And you know, it's not it's not stuff like uh, the uh, in com- uh, without you know talking negatively about anything nothing really on the show is like i feel the need to come to to you guys and say like hey go to your way to watch this match this week but it's enjoyable half hour and it's a fun getting to see people that we love like brooke valentine jordan blade getting like consistent screen time in this promotion that has televised things and getting to do little like little backstage skits and segments like they had a week where one of the heels stole brooke valentine's bag and then that led to a match. You know, it's like real basic stuff, but it's it's enjoyable. So I'm like, if I can do a small thing on my end to get a couple more eyes on this all women's promotion, then I'm happy to do that. Um, I'm actually happy you said that because that kind of ties into a resolution that I'm trying to make for this year, which is to start writing a little more. And because um, I mean, like you said about women's wrestling army, like not a lot of people are talking about it and that's kind of how I feel about wow like it's uh you don't want to talk negatively about it because you know there's only so much women's wrestling happening and um I see like there was um another website like published like they're like oh here's a review of the um this episode or whatever and it was literally just like a cage match listing and then it said the rest of the card is on cage match with a link and I was like that's kind of insulting like I could do a better like episode synopsis than that so um in more of a creative like lens I'm like I want to like not do like episode reviews because I think that's kind of basic but maybe like character profiles and model it after like an old magazine maybe I think that would be kind of cool so that's like a big goal sort of like area for me to experiment in which I'm kind of excited about yeah that's the thing is like stuff like promotions like wow they I mean the only reason I'm not watching is because I don't know where or how up here maybe it was taping it off of television to a VHS tape using a satellite rigged up to yeah. uh, his doorway. Yeah. They don't make it easy. <laughs> and yet, yet I'm in a hotel room in Pittsburgh. I flip on the TV and it just happens to come on the second channel. I look, I look to, which is so funny. Oh my gosh. But yeah. try finding that, try hitting that lightning again. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm all for like different types of cup. Co- anything new in the world of pro wrestling, because it is very formulaic. You go to six different websites and they're all writing about the same shows in the same way. And all the people yeah. writing about it are the same type of dude as well. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like it almost kind of pushed me away from wrestling for a little bit. And I'm like really excited that you guys like extended this invitation to me because it's kind Mm -hmm. of like rekindled my interest in it like a lot more. Like I was just staring at the Google Doc like, oh, my God, like I didn't realize all this stuff was happening. (laughs) I got to get my finger back on the pulse. All right. um, Lindsay kicked us off. What's one of your resolutions for this year? Okay. I guess my first resolution is to stick with impact. This is a basic one. I started watching impact halfway through this year as more of a dedicated practice. I've fallen off a little bit just with the holidays and stuff. Honestly, I haven't even been watching AEW regularly the last couple of weeks. I've just been like checking in here and there on stuff. I, uh, so much going on and everything. Wrestling really did have to take a back burner. Um, so but into 2023, I want to really stick with Impact. I was super impressed with what they've been doing with their women's division. Obviously, I've talked about it a lot. So um, I want to, you know, just continue to put my support behind a major promotion that does really, really well when it comes to putting women's wrestling in their priority zone, you know? And that includes having a great women's championship division, having a women's tag division, having stars and stars and storylines and storylines and time and near parody booking on some episodes and pay-per-views that have far more than one women's match. So yes, my first resolution for wrestling in 2023 is I'm going to stick with impact. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep watching impact. I know that sounds like such a low level resolution, but I, I think it's achievable and it's, uh, I think it's a good priority. Cut to, cut to two weeks from now when Bully Ray wins the Impact World title and you're like, no, forget this. Look, like I don't have to watch all of Impact. I just have to watch the parts of Impact that I like. Yeah. I know. I, 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 yeah, it's just so funny because Bully Ray was such a large factor <laughs> to uh, a, large, a large contributor to the creation of this podcast. He was integral um, to us losing interest in Ring of Honor. We we will we will not you know go into to dirt or or to rumors etc. But we will just say that um our biggest issues with what happened over in Ring of Honor in uh, late 2019 uh, you can trace right back to Bully Ray. So we just uh, it, he is the patron saint of us giving up. All right, I actually struggle to think of resolutions for this year because I'm trying to think of things that are achievable, things that are different from same resolutions I've made in the past. So my first one, keeping things nice and simple. Uh, we're at like 482 Twitter followers on the Grid and Glitter account. I'd like to get us to 500. I feel like that's achievable. It's only 18 people. We picked up a couple during Glitter Bomb season. I'd like to think between now and next January, we can pick one of the 18 and get to that 500 landmark that's that's my first goal that's a great goal achievable reasonable uh um a metric it's measurable yeah i mean i i only care about the 500 i don't care about how many of those people are 18 to 34 how many of them are uh have uh, shopping habits how many of them own a mastercard just give me the 500 that's all that matters we could make it all boss that's fine for me well there you go we'll hit that 500 within the week this episode comes out, I guarantee you we hit that, we hit that number by Friday. Lindsay, you got any other resolutions? I do. Um, I want to fill out some more sketchbooks. 
And um, I know that sounds kind of typical as far as like, you know, artist goes or whatever. But um, these ones, I've been treating myself to expensive art supplies. These ones are like zigzag accordion fold style. It's like one long piece, essentially. So I've got some themed books that I'm working on. Um, I have one that's women matches from the Bloodsport uh, wrestling series that Josh Barnett does. Um, there are probably like three dudes that I care about when they do blood sport, uh, John Moxley being one of them. Um, but the, the, the bulk of those matches that are good are the women's ones. So that's what I'm honoring with that. Um, and then I have one for wow. And I have another one for CFW combat fights unlimited, which, um, I was just asked by the promoter there, Mayday, if I wanted to help book. So I'm going to try and book a wrestling show <laughs> for the first time, which is crazy, but I'm going to try it. Why not? Like a lot of goofballs do it. I'm just as goofy, like throwing my hat in the ring. <laughs> that rules. That absolutely rules, Lindsay. I'm so glad that you are like, not only are you continuing to evolve things that you are like very competent and very talented in but like you're also like you are stretching into a realm that is like brand new and you have no idea like how you're going to feel about it or what your proficiency is going to be but you are you are going for it because why the fuck not like that's yeah fantastic. yeah exactly like I look at like John Zandig and I say I could do that just like he does <laughs> like <laughs> this can't be rocket science like i have to be sure like smarter than that guy it's gonna be full cf wow in 2023 oh my god are you gonna mm -hmm. you gotta bring some wow energy into cfu right are I, you allowed i'm i see one of the things i can tell <laughs> is that wow has those like exclusive contracts so there are like some people that are just like wow exclusives like um uh, I want to say like Coach Campanelli and Candy Crush are, um, <laughs> from what I can remember. But you know, there's the ones like already that are there, like KZT and um, Ray Lynn, who I have interviewed on this show before. Oh, so such a sweetheart, love her. <laughs> um, she's there. Oh, and Killa Kate, she's um, BK Rhythm. Yeah. So the wow energy is already there, and I'm just gonna try and amp it up as much as I can. Like. I'm gonna get these other girls doing some acting bits too. Like, let's see what Jordan Boyd can do. <laughs> like, she's great. Oh let's, or Masha, let's get her involved. Can't wait. If you're if you're asking what Jordan Boyd can do, the answer is everything. Oh, I'm excited. I love her. All right, um, your second resolution. Okay, I'm gonna make a resolution here. I'm gonna make a resolution as a big reach. But Lindsay has inspired me and I want to, I want to stick my neck out a little bit. And this year in 2023, I'm actually going to do a little bit of studying, do a little bit of work with people. And I think I want to try to get myself ready to, I, 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 I don't know, it, it always embarrasses me to admit this. So I will admit this uh, in public record. I would like to try commentary at some point. For wrestling i would i think not that i think i could be good at it i think i will be bad at it but i think i could be bad at it and then improve 
which I think is really what most people are striving for when they do commentary. And I think that that's the best you can hope for, uh, especially if you don't do it very often or, you know, especially if you're not doing it like every show all the time, every week. Um, but yeah, I think in 2023, I want to get serious about the idea of maybe doing commentary for a wrestling show one day. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I know enough and I am a broadcaster in some respects, like the show counts. I have other uh, journalism and broadcast experience. Um, so like, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. It's not like I'm saying I'm going to grow wings, which would also be a cool resolution. And maybe it should be one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But I'm going to put it out there. And then next year I can listen to this and be really embarrassed that I made this resolution. But I'm going to make it my second resolution for the year. Okay, moving on. Harley. You know how like on DVDs you buy like The Office or Seinfeld or whatever, you can listen to the commentary over the episode while the people in the writer's room talk about the episode while you're watching it. You should do something like that. You know, you get Val, you get Jackie or something, Val pancakes, and you record alternate commentary for events. And then it's like, oh yeah, you could you watch it with the original commentators who are there in the arena, or you could watch alternate commentary with us. We have actually I literally love that. Uh, we have actually, Bridget and I have talked about doing this um, for Enjoy Wrestling, um, doing like a special commentary, like special like uh, bonus commentary tracks for their episodes, because we, whenever we do watch wrestling, we can a live tweet about her reactions and my reactions. And we always get such a response when we do that, that people have said like, oh my gosh, you guys should do a commentary on something. And it's like, well, no, you would never want these two bozos on a real wrestling show doing real wrestling commentary however as like a fun bonus as commentary my, track the mystery science theater 3000 of wrestling yes exactly so that is something that Bridget and i have like like really discussed doing in the past i have no idea if we'll ever do that our schedules are just like batshit but it would it would be really really fun to do and because enjoy puts their content right up on YouTube, it would be super accessible for people to find. So that is also a bonus. All right. My second resolution is an old one. I made this resolution in 2020. It never happened. Let's blame the pandemic. I'm bringing it back for 2022. It is to interview one, at least one, just one wrestler face-to-face -face, in person. In my previous, my pre-podcasting days back uh, in my 20s when I ran uh, my own indie pop record label. I used to interview people and musicians all the time for my label's blog. I interviewed people like Soccer Mommy and uh, The Oz and different bands like that. And I, it was like two or three times I got to interview bands in person when I was on van uh, vacation in Vancouver. And I was just like, wow, what a difference from me sending them questions via email and them sending back answers or even just doing it over Skype or over uh, like text chat, whatever. I was like, the, the two interviews that I got to do with bands in person, like at their band practice, I was like, wow, this is just like such a different, like I thought, it, I thought they were the best ones that I'd done. We were able to bounce off of each other more. You can like read body language and you can be more laid back and really like, we're more joking back and forth. There's more of a conversation, less of like a Q and A style thing, which is what I'm always striving for. And I got such great feedback. The one band, 
literally said to me, like, I take this compliment. I want this compliment in my obituary. They said to me afterwards, that was the best interview we've done since Nardwar. I think this is completely achievable, Harley. I think it's just a matter of like, you know, keeping track of who's coming to town in your neck of the woods and then reaching out it as, you know, when that date approaches, reaching out to that person to see if you can coordinate an in-person interview. I think it's, I think you could absolutely do that. Oh yeah, 100%. Like the one episode I helped you on with uh, Ray Lynn and um, Ruby Rays, they were like, we love these questions. You make us think. And like Em said earlier, we're so tired of doing the same old questions. Like you're like a hell of an interviewer. It's great. Yeah, that's the biggest compliment I can ever get. That's that thing, like hearing somebody say in an interview, like, oh, that's a great question. That fuels me. I'm like, that makes me feel like, okay, well, I can do this podcast for another three months. Like I that, mean, that's that satiate me. I'm still writing the high from those type of moments, like throughout the entire year. Like I, I'm still writing the high from the Jaime uh, Hernandez interview when like, like seemingly through our conversation with him, we unlocked a bit of like his like child psychology of like why he hid things from his parents. Like I... I still think about like that with like a little bit of glee of like, oh my gosh, we got like, we had a breakthrough moment with a like legendary cartoonist. That's incredible. All right. I got one more. Lindsay, do you have any more resolutions? Um, yeah, I had one more too. Uh, you right. can go first if you want. No, no, no. You finish this. Off. Oh, okay. Um, so one of the things that I do, um, on and off kind of because I move like a glacier sometimes with my artwork is I have been raffling off a lot of my pieces for various charities like I have a lot of like trans kids one and um, there was like a lot like when Texas passed like all of the world's most awful laws like in one week (laughs) um, I was doing a lot of like trans Texas Um, and then like a lot of like uh, reproductive health care like benefits and stuff like um when buffalo had that shooting i auctioned off um one of my paintings of daniel garcia and eddie kingston and i think i got like 300 dollars for it and um i kind of do it on like a rolling basis but i like continue doing that it just feels really good and it also feels really good to see like all of these people's bids come in for my artwork <laughs> Because I do like really small like dollar increments, like $10 increments is like one entry or whatever, like make it easy on me. Um, But yeah, I want to keep doing that. Like it feels good. Plus, I don't have to worry about like taxes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean, and it's making a huge difference. So like, like that's, it's a wonderful boon to you because people like are impressed and want to like want to bid on this art and it's also like helping people directly I think that's a wonderful resolution yeah it just feels rewarding like and I'm kind of just like really open to like any charity so if like your friend has a GoFundMe like send me your donation receipt for that and I'll count that like it's cool like direct action is awesome let's get more of it damn right Em, do you have one more resolution? Sure. I'm going to get a resolution. Um, okay. In 2023, I want... Okay. In 2023, I am going to hit the road a bit more. I promise. This year, I'm going to actually do it. Will I make a ton of road trips? Absolutely not. 
but I'm definitely going to get up to AIW because it's a shame I haven't been there yet. It's just up in Cleveland. It's not a huge, it's not a huge track. We have wrestlers who wrestle in the afternoon and then get there by the evening to wrestle there. So like, uh, I can absolutely make the track up there. So I'm going to get to AIW this year. And I'm going to get out to Richfield Park, New Jersey, where everything takes place now because nobody wants to run a show in PA. It is too expensive. And the New York Gaming Commission is way too much to deal with in New York. So everybody runs in New Jersey now. So I'm going to get over to New Jersey for shows because there's so many good ones running over there. Uh, yeah, so I am going to take some trips this year. Am I going to be making a ton of them? Probably not. I've got a three-year-old. I've got a full work schedule. I've got a ton of other things, but I am going to hit the road this year. I have a couple of promotions that absolutely deserve it. Hey, GCW is coming to Toronto, March 19th. Hey, hey. I don't I'll know who's on the card, but uh, there'll be one women's match. It'll be either Ali Catch or uh, Dark Sheet, probably taking on Jody Threat. I mean, <laughs> that's so cool. probably, but like also totally would want to watch it want to go anyway okay my last my last resolution i kind of hinted at it earlier with tjp i just kind of i want to find like a new like i don't know what to call it like a home promotion like a favorite promotion for a while in 2019 it was stardom like stardom i like i loved it more than anything i watched every single show that they did and just like it brought such great joy to my life and then I fell off a couple of different factors. Some, a, a couple of wrestlers that I like really loved, it became clear that they had a ceiling and that they were not going to be pushed in the main event. They were not going to get those opportunities. Another one retired. And then a couple of new people came in that I couldn't stand. And all of a sudden they were getting all the screen time and all the belts. And that kind of pushed me away. NXT, I was all about for a while there too. And then I lost interest a couple of years ago. It just wasn't exciting for me anymore. So I don't have that anymore. I follow AEW here and there. I watch the pay-per-views. I keep abreast of what's happening in impact and watch the women's matches on pay-per-view but i don't have that one promotion that i like want to watch women's wrestling army is the only thing i consistently watch every single week and it's okay but it's not blowing me away and i'm like there's got to be something out there right there's so many promotions in this planet there's got to be one that provides more than one women's match per show that has like an exciting roster and like cool fun storylines that like really hook me and on maybe wow is it and i just need to find a way to stream it and <laughs> track it down somewhere maybe it is tokyo joshi pro or gato move or sendai girls or one of those ones i don't know but i want to find something that like i want to find a promotion that i love because i've been mis- i've been missing that lately i really I, I don't watch it nearly enough um anymore but i really do love gato move and uh they do have or at least yeah They've been pretty good about having like subtitles on on promos that they do, um, but they do so much adjacent content to their like actual wrestling shows. They do fun streams. They do really fun interview stuff. It's just it's a lot of fun, and you get to know people's personalities really well. So I do think you would enjoy. I actually do think you would enjoy Gato Move a lot. Well, all I can do is hunt around, check out a couple of different things, see what I can find, and what's accessible. And go from there, I guess. You know, I haven't found anything yet, but i got to keep looking if I want to be uh, as passionate and engaged with women's wrestling as I want to be. Yeah, well, I think you can. I think that there's no shortage of 
of good options out there. It's just about, you know, finding the one that like you want to make your priority. And I, it's out there. It absolutely is. Hey, maybe it's out there um, on a stream, streaming service that you don't have access to yet. And you're going to have to to pay for an, yet another streaming service. As always, don't forget, <laughs> don't forget, we have access to Title Match Network uh, because I keep forgetting to unsubscribe. So, and also there's a ton of women's wrestling on there. So I don't really want to stop subscribing to it. So you have access to Title Match Network. Well, it's 2023. There's a lot coming up this year, obviously. Tons of things in the works from big promotions to small promotions. And the world of women's wrestling, some real big question marks. I mean, as of this recording, the former Sasha Banks is allegedly a free agent, no longer tied to WWE, can wrestle anywhere she wants. There has definitely been discussion about um, who can afford her because reportedly her asking price is quite high. And it seems like there's only one or two promotions on the planet that could likely afford her. Well, one of those, lots of rumors swirling that she might be in Japan like tomorrow for New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that is the rumor. That is the word on the street. That is the that is the longing hope, I think, from a lot of people. Um, so I'm excited uh, to to see what comes of this. I I haven't been doing my like waking up at like super early in the morning to watch Wrestle Kingdom, but I, I think I might have to do it for this year. So we'll see if that actually happens or if I save it for the night. But uh, yeah. Excited to see what happens for Mercedes, regardless, because this is really exciting. It's it's rare for someone to hit the market like this and the picture to be this uh, like hazy, because like you said, with her asking price, there's a barrier as to where she can really go. Um, but the fact that the first big option, the first big rumored option is international work is very exciting. Yeah. Uh that's where I hope she ends up like I would love to see her in Japan versus like I mean I want her to get a good payday and I'm sure that AEW is like the other like the obvious option people would say but I'm just like so tired of how they do the one women's match of Matt like I'm per episode like it's ridiculous and i don't want to see her on dark i don't want to see her on dark elevation like i don't want to see her on rampage like i want her front and center and i want like actual like equity with the men's matches and the women's matches that would be the only way i would want to see her like that maybe would make me watch aew again all indications are that mercedes is a wrestling fan you know, like she was, she, unlike Charlotte, like she wrestled on the independence before she came to WWE. She seemingly cares about this. I mean, the big thing with her and Naomi walking out is because they felt like the women's take titles weren't being treated with enough respect or being given like proper storylines. So her going to Japan and getting to wrestle against some of the top women on the planet. I, I don't I don't know her personally. I don't know too much. I haven't read in-depth biographies about her, but it seems like something that would matter to her. It seems like she mm-hmm. wants to go out and prove to the world that she's as good as anybody else out there and that and to make that name to to put something on her resume 
which Charlotte will never have on her resume, which some of these other WWE mm-hmm. women will never be able to say that they did. Yeah, she yeah. Um, she clearly has a, a dedication and affection for for Joshi. Um, when she had done her hiatus before, she had spent time over there, and it did have a impact on her wrestling. It had a direct it had a direct effect in a, in a truly great way. So if she ends up in Japan um, for any period of time, whether she's working several promotions or just one promotion, um, it, it's unclear what the deal will be if she does appear in New Japan. Um, but regardless, I think it'll it'll be it'll mean great things for her wrestling. It'll mean great things for the international fan base. And who knows what else? I mean, New Japan and AEW have their deals. If she's working with New Japan, that could mean that she ends up at AEW at some point. Hopefully not in a consistent or like uh, in a locked fashion, but who knows? The, there's just there's a lot of opportunity here. It'll be interesting to see if there's any other promotions that get to get a good chance at it, especially stateside. I would just love if she could just like buy Shimmer and like <laughs> her and Naomi could just like run it. Um but otherwise, like if she was to go to like um Japan, I would just love to see that sort of like all of her Sasha fans that knew her through WWE, like maybe that was the only like wrestling they know of. Like it's just like really exciting to me to think of that like door being opened and like all of these new wrestlers like getting like new exposure and like you know, it's it's cool. It's just like spreading the art. I love it. One week from tomorrow on Dynamite is this big take match they've been hyping up. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter taking on Soraya and a mystery partner. They put enough steam behind this mystery partner stipulation that it feels like it's going to be somebody big. It's not just going to be, I mean, it could be, but it seems like it's bigger than Thunder Rosa coming back from injury or Mercedes Martinez or something like that. It feels like it's probably going to be somebody new. Is it Mercedes Monet? Is it Mandy Rose? Is it Naomi? Um, what's your prediction? Um, it's really hard to say. I, I, I think I'm getting in my own way here because I don't want it to be a new addition to the roster. I'm like, I, I think, I think they need to cool off on additions to the roster. I think they need to keep developing like the stories with the women that they have and giving the women more screen time instead of just continually throwing another person into the pot and then being like, here she is. She will have four to six weeks of relevancy and then she will be disregarded for, you know, the same people we always focus on. So I'm really hoping it's not a new person. I'm wondering if it could be Chris Stapp back from injury. I don't know. I haven't looked into seeing what her timeline is. So um, that would be my wishful thinking. If that is, if it is completely ridiculous and it's been well stated that she's nowhere near cleared, then apologies. But like, that's my wishful thinking. Lindsay, any predictions or wishes for Soraya's mystery partner? Um, I kind of agree with, um, I haven't been watching, but I've just sort of been seeing like tweets filtered here and there. I did see somebody say that the silhouette they used for the match card was one of Thunder Rosa's, which is, yeah, kind of 
uninteresting but like they don't need another new person like em said like they have a new girl every like three months that tony is like this is the one guys this is the one that's gonna revolutionize the women's roster and they said it about ruby soho they said it about um tony storm they said it about uh oh what's her face athena (laughs) one of the other yeah yeah absolutely and like i do like what they're doing with athena where she's really mean and hitting people hard like that rules but I feel like she's going to get like regulated to ROH, which might be cool. Like maybe it's cool not to be stuck in the AEW like bubble. But yeah, like I hope it's someone that's on the roster. Mercedes Martinez would be cool. Like I wish they used her more as a scary enforcer because she's fucking incredible. Sorry, I don't know if we can swear. I forget. But oh yeah, we, yeah. We no, I. Okay, terrific. I have a bit of a potty mouth, but I'll try to keep it to a minimum. But yeah, I, I hope too. it's someone that's Yeah, it's it's a hard habit to break, but um Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, someone that's on the roster. Um I don't know about K Stat either. I would love to see her back because oh man, I feel like each time they try to put wings on her, like she gets an injury and she's out for six months. So I know she can do incredible stuff too. <laughs> yeah, I fear that if it's not somebody new, a portion of the audience will be disappointed and kind of like revolt in, in response, you know. That's that's my biggest fear is that somebody's gonna be hurt if it's not. It was not Sasha at this point, but I don't think I don't want it to be Sasha. I'd much be much more interested in her going to Japan, not wrestling in America at all in 2023, you know, just going to Japan, wrestling a bunch of cool matches there, building up her name there. And then when she arrives in the EW, if she does, then it's something cool. Thunder mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Rosa would make, a, if she's healthy, and again, I don't pay attention to those things, she'd make the most sense because I feel like they're just treading water right now with jamie waiting they're waiting for rosa to come back so that they can do jamie versus rosa jamie can win then jamie can turn baby face and feud with Britt. but until then we're just waiting we're just killing time waiting until she gets back and i kind of feel like the same way with jade i feel like they're just waiting for chris Statlander to get back because that's the plan that they were going to do before she got injured and tony khan's not great at like thinking on the fly and making a plan b it's like he has his plan and if it gets detoured then everything just gets chucked to the side yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I, wow. I never I thought of it that thing, way, but you're right. I think one thing, though, that they have been doing that is not always done to a good effect, but in the case of Hater really was, is that they they did acknowledge that Jamie Hater had momentum and they seized on it at the right moment and they didn't make us wait and they didn't wait until the momentum had run its course and then do something about it. Cough, cough, ROH, like all the time. Cough. Um they did put the belt on JD and then make it officially the women's title. Like they, they did that in a in a timely fashion to maximize the impact that it had on the crowd because the crowd was very, very much wanting a JD hater championship. So they did the right thing. Um, and I don't know about Thunder Rosa because I don't think she's coming back. I get the sense that her time there is done. That it's not injury. It's everything. It's just done. So I don't think it's going to be Thunder Rosa. But I, I'm also prepared to be completely wrong, as per usual. In other promotions. Was... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I would be really sad if her time in AEW was done. 
because it just like ended on such a sour, like stupid mm. note too. Like people feud and wrestling all the time, like whatever. But I mean, she could be, go back on WoW as Serpentine and I would not be upset. That would be cool. <laughs> In other promotions, Impact is on pay-per-view January 11th or no, sorry, January 17th, 14th, 14th, I believe. For the first time this year, as hard to kill, the big match on that show is Jordan Grace versus Mickey James, title versus career. If Jordan wins, Mickey James must retire. If Mickey wins, she's a champ, and she's still on her last rodeo. I I really don't know how this one is going to go. Um, I would like to think that Mickey is going to win the title. I think that's more interesting for sure. Uh, I've seen people make the case. And also I feel like Jordan doesn't need that feather in her cap of like ending Mickey's career, especially because they're both baby faces and there's all this respect between them. I'd much rather prefer the idea of Mickey wins the title and then has a showdown with Masha coming around the corner. And it's Masha who maybe ends her career and takes the title building to Masha versus Jordan three with Wolves reverse this time. I think that's more interesting. And I think, I feel like the Mickey James last rodeo is just starting to really get some attention and some buzz. Now this is the first match in the rodeo where it really feels like this could be her last one. So milk that let's get, let's give us a couple matches where we really genuinely think this could be the last one because that could be the difference maker that really gets eyes on impact this year. I'm with you, Harley. I'm actually like really hoping for the same outcome. Um, as much as I love Jordan Grace and as much as I have loved her run in Impact and what they've been doing with her um, and just the like indisputable force that she is, I think the story with Mickey is really interesting. I think that they could do a lot of compelling matchups and and build a lot of tension for the inevitable moment when she does have to see the belt and you know give up her career. Um, however. So I'm I'm with you. I want that to be the case. I do think this might be the end, though. I think she's like that. They're maybe choosing this. It makes sense to do it at the top of the year. You know, like start off your year, retire, then you know you've got the rest of your year to like you know do whatever's next. Um, so I, I think it's probably going to be Jordan Grace retaining here, but I don't know. I would, I would love to see it the other way. Um, I haven't been keeping up with Impact, but you both pitched that so wonderfully. I'm very torn because um, I do love the idea of babyface Jordan having this like wonderful, like giving your idols their flowers moment if she retains, but also like how much sweeter it would be to have, oh, Masha Slamovich take that crown off Mickey James and then Oh, little Jordan's got to Avenger. Like, that's wonderful, too. <laughs> that's some long-term storytelling right there. The last thing I have on my list of really kind of notable, I guess, in terms of women's wrestling and all wrestling, is WWE is going to be running their very first WrestleMania without Vince McMahon at the helm. And that would have been unthinkable this time last year. It seemed like, you know, he was going to be in charge until the day he died. So. What does that mean? What does a WrestleMania look like under Triple H and Stephanie McMahon? So far, Raw and SmackDown hasn't looked all that different 
honestly, you know, they have the same sets, they have the same style of booking. It's just a couple of different personalities, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on to see exactly how the women are treated, how they're booked differently, how many women's matches we get on the show and who's featured in those top spots, especially now that people like Sasha are gone. Yeah, agreed. I'm really excited for it. I'm excited to see what the Rumble looks like. I'm excited to to see how the WrestleMania card shapes up without McMahon's influence. Um, I don't have, a, like, still don't have a lot of faith in WWE. I'm still not ever going to be a regular watcher, but I can't say that I'm not intensely curious to see what kind of change it has on their, like, their big Keystone events um, in January and in April or March or whatever that WrestleMania is. It's usually... April, right? It's it's April. Um, It's like the last weekend of March, first weekend in April, depending on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm just curious to see what kind of effect it has. I'm curious to see, you know, what this year is going to look like for WWE in general. Like, does Vince McMahon stay away? Do we do we do we have a definitive end to that era? Do we have really notable sea changes? Um, there have been ripples here and there, talent restored here and there, but there's definitely a lot of things that are kind of still half finished, some stuff that, uh, and as we saw with Mandy Rose, there's still shit that happens at WWE that like is not defendable, really, uh, not defendable business practices, not defendable by any real reasonable mode. So yeah, um, a lot of improvements still to be made curious how that shapes up for them in 2023 but yeah yeah I, i'm but it starts with the rumble and we will cover we'll cover we'll we cover that every year it's like one of the four wwe related things we do every year so yeah we'll see yeah i'm excited i kind of forgot that the rumble was coming up because it's already january my gosh um so i might have to see that i do love a good rumble um, but I, I kind of like you guys, I'm kind of cynical about any sort of like massive change coming with, you know, Vince stepping down and stuff and Hunter taking over. Like, I don't see too, too much happening, but you know, any win for the little guy is a win for me. <laughs> so that's it. 2023. There's, we're, that's scratching the surface of like the big the big four there's so many other promotions which will be doing exciting stuff and making us want to talk about it more and more all year i'm sure as always you can find us on twitter or instagram or patreon at grit glitter pod if you subscribe to our patreon for five dollars a month you get a weekly newsletter written by your friends in the glitterati you have bonus podcasts like Great Glitter and Glow, where M and Val Quartz rewatch the Netflix series Glow. And M and I have a series called Women's Wrestling Entertainment, where we trace the history of women in the WWE from the very beginning. We've done eight episodes already, tracing from the beginning of women's wrestling in America right up to 1989 in the WWF. Episode nine is finished and it will be available this Saturday. It is an hour and a half long, and it's all about the women of WCW in the 80s and the first couple of years of the 90s. We've got beauty pageants. We've got arm wrestling contests. We've got Paul E. Dangerously in underwear and a baseball cap. We've got 
so much nonsense. It is a ride. That sounds um, really cool, a, actually. <laughs> it is a ride. It is it is absolutely must listen. Um, Harley does incredible research work when it comes to these episodes of Women's Wrestling Entertainment. So if you subscribe to our Patreon, you will have access to all of those episodes and they are well worth it. Hell, subscribe for a month, blow through them, and then cancel your subscription. I don't care. Like, make a point of getting at this content because he really does put a lot of work into this, but like the research is just part of it. Like this, I'm learning so much. I'm filling so many of the gaps that I had when it came to women's wrestling in like the big promotions in the 80s and 90s, et cetera. So like, this is, this is a huge education for me. I want everyone to have this opportunity because it's, it's great and it's absolutely fascinating. Oh, I learned so much researching this one because I wasn't around for WCW in the late 80s. And now I know, now I've seen matches from Missy Blue and Bambi and Missy Hyatt and Woman and Miss Alexandra York. The, it's, it's a fascinating time period. That new episode That's the thing is out I've wanted this to dig into. <laughs> um, there's not much to dig into. It's like an afternoon. Yeah. And you're you're good. Yeah. But it's fun. <laughs> That's the Saturday. Next week on the show, I don't know. Um, you'll think of something, right? I think I'm gonna take the week off and start researching for the rest of this month of Grid and Glitter. Well, there you go. Yep, I'll be back, maybe with a friend. Maybe we'll be talking about, oh, I don't know, maybe we'll do a, couple, a little bit more projecting into 2023 and discuss all that might happen, things that we're excited about. Uh, if you have questions, concerns, comments, you know how to reach us. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. You've got our email address. You know, hit us up if you've got uh, episode ideas or if you, there's just something you want to hear on the pod. Lindsay will definitely be back in the future now that she's a permanent member of our little friendship group here. In the meantime, though, Lindsay, where can people find you and your little drawings online? All right. Um, I am on Tumblr and Twitter and Instagram, all the same handle, at sign Lindsay, R-A-E, gun, G-U-N, zap, zap. 